Weirdo Bookworms, unite. We want to share our love of genre fiction with you. Some readers out there may look down on you for your love of horror, sci-fi, and fantasy, but not us. So stop by as we discuss what we've been reading. Hey, genre junkies, it's Sandra. And this is Scott. And Stitches is here, too. So that must mean it's time for an episode. It's time for genre junkies. <laughs> so um, we have something a little bit different on the show tonight. We are doing... Well, it's, it's a, not, fa- it's it's a fantasy. A, yeah, it's not a new release so much. It's something that's at least 500 years old. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tonight, we are going to be talking about Monkey King or Journey to the West. Now, this is a uh, a new translation, a new adaptation. Uh, yeah. And I really want to talk about that because I, I think it's... Well, we'll get into kind of the history of the Monkey King in a minute. Um, I guess we should start out, though, by talking a little bit about ourselves. Well, Scott, we have one shared fun thing to talk about. We finished WandaVision. Oh, yes, we did. No spoilers. No spoilers, but um, I've been thinking about this for a little bit now. Yes. And I feel like WandaVision is, in a way, kind of uh, Marvel's Empire Strikes Back. <gasps> I Go on. I think it is fantastic. It's one of my favorite MCU properties at this point. It took two characters who I liked a lot and turned them into my absolute favorite ride or die. I care about them more than anybody else. (laughs) (laughs) Ever, ever, ever. Um, And it sets up kind of where everything is going, I feel like. Yes. So I I love it. I think that there's a lot of conversation out there uh, amongst people who aren't even MCU fans about it. Mm. I don't I don't know if ultimately it really appeals to non-MCU fans. I don't know if it yeah. introduces people to the universe, you know, from like a, a fresh start. But no. but if you have any kind of connection to the MCU, the MCU, if you've watched any of the Avengers, this is absolutely a must watch. Uh, I agree with you. And I, I think I said on Spooky Slumber Party that, um, or it might have been the culture, we've talked about it a little bit on both, but that you have to have like conversational MCU. Like you have to <laughs> at least, I mean, you don't have to, like a lot of Marvel stuff, you don't have to be the biggest, most absolutely obsessed fan or read all the comic books or anything like that. But you have to have at least seen the movies thus far, especially, you know, your end game, your Avengers. I think stuff. you need to have seen the Avengers yeah. series, particularly starting from um I just see all of the Avengers. Well you should just see all of the <laughs> Avengers. But, yeah. But really I think it's important to see the second one. Yeah. And then go on into into the the final ones. Right. So you'll at least have a basis for these characters. And, um, you know, they do a pretty good job of like kind of catching you up because there's some, you know, repeat characters and stuff like this. And it's nice because they're like, they kind of tell you like, remember, because they were here. Remember? <laughs> yeah. Remember? <laughs> so, yeah, um, we're both feeling a little bit lost without another Marvel or Star Wars show. So Disney Plus, could you could you actually could you get on that a Could little you get sooner? On that? Yeah, we're, little we're, bit we're ready for some more. Because mm-hmm. we're excited for all of them, I think. All of them, I am. Um, so my exciting thing to share, and I know you liked this too, but I, 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 I'm very happy. 
I finally saw Saint Maud. It's been two years, people. It's been two years waiting been for waiting this a long time. masterpiece from Rose Glass. <laughs> and, um, you know, always, 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 oh, the overhype. Oh, the overhype. Blah, blah, blah. It's no secret that we're fans of A24, especially me, huge fan of A24. And this is their latest um, piece. It is religious horror. It is um, pretty intense. Uh, it... it it exceeded my expectations. I was so happy waiting two years for this film. Um, and I, I just was so not let down. And it brought me a lot of joy. Like most A24 movies, when it ended, I had this painful smile on my face because I was smiling so hard. It made me feel moved and uncomfortable. And it's beautiful. I, I can't wait to talk to more people about it. So if you have an opportunity to watch St. Maud streaming, do so, and then talk to me about it. <laughs> and I'll just say, I have watched the film twice, and coming from me, if that doesn't say something... <laughs> yeah, especially religious horror, which is notoriously kind of scares our, our Scott yeah. a little bit uncomfortable. I think it's it was it's a very well-done film. Yay. Okay, so without further ado, let's talk about The Monkey King. So this um, is, like Scott said, this is a recent translation, a re-release from Penguin Classic, who they do a lot of cool classic books, Penguin Classic, if you've ever, if you are interested in checking out some classics. So um, this book <laughs> is, an, well, it's an epic, really, and it is largely attributed to have been written by Wu Cheng Eng, but it was, we don't really know who wrote it. We don't really know. It's. It, you know, at the time that it was originally released <laughs> in the yeah. 1500s, you know, um, it, that kind of fiction wasn't really uh, wasn't really a glorious thing. So people didn't really attribute their names to it. Yeah, which is um, really something to think about. Kind of a trip. And you have to imagine. I don't know. I'm not like putting myself like next to these people, but it's almost like the people who were reading fiction since it was unsavory and writing it, they were kind of like genre junkie predecessors. Yes. Like it's okay <laughs> to like fiction. Um, and of course this version was translated by Julia Lovell, which um, I think she did a great job. So a little background and kind of synopses of The Monkey King. Uh, the Monkey King was, as we said, kind of written down in the 1500s. Not sure by who, but largely think that it's that gentleman. Um, but it was based on very old stories. So the Monkey King, and, and it's a little bit hard, different scholars say different things were kind of inspiration mm -hmm. for the legends. Um but that's also kind of a little bit shrouded in mystery. We don't know exactly how the Monkey King and the Journey West kind of came to be. Um, you can see it compared to other seminal works of its time in the culture. Uh, I mean, more contemporary. It's kind of a Lord of the Rings vibe. Um, the Canterbury Tales, Don Quixote. It is one of the pieces of Chinese literature that is just absolutely defining. It's considered one of the masterworks. I think there's four or five masterworks of Chinese literature. And it is about um, a wonderful monkey. 
a monkey uh, of stone uh, named Su Wukong, who, yes, he's born of stone. He's not born of like a mortal body. And this is basically his journeys and the journeys of the people he meets um, through his life, through all of his trials and tribulations. He's he becomes immortal. He is a trickster of sorts. And then he ends up on this pilgrimage to go get um, some scriptures with some other pilgrims. And he has to help out along the way and uh, go through a major, major growing spurt. And he is hundreds upon hundreds of years old. <laughs> yeah, uh, thousands, I believe, in yeah. fact. Uh, Sun Wukong is just a fun, lovable uh trickster he he's very uh he's very impulsive he just does whatever he wants to you know to make himself happy at any given moment and it's it's so much fun to follow him i have to say i've become completely obsessed with the monkey king i've become completely obsessed with this book and that's a spoiler that's my that's my experience score. <laughs> um, I'm completely obsessed. I'm on a Monkey King tattoo. Um, I love him. I love him so, so much. And we are different, Sue and I, Sun and I, but um, we are also very much the same. <laughs> I, I very much identified with him in funny ways, including his use of humor um, in situations, his kind of like, he wants to do good and sometimes he does really good and sometimes he's just too mischievous and he comes up with crazy ideas and he just, he has so many quips. I mean, my God, I, but he's also this badass superhero, but also adorable, but also like fierce. I don't, I just, I'm obsessed. I love him. I love, love, love that monkey king. Julia Lovell did a really good job of, of bringing this story, uh, condensing it in a way to, to what's interesting, but, but also, um, taking some of these, these jokes and humor and puns that are clearly in the original text Mm -hmm. and bringing it out in a way that is, uh, that is understandable by a Western audience. Yes. So that, you know, I felt like I really understood like, okay, yes, some of these phrases are probably not exactly as they were written in the original text. Sure. But I understand what the kind of idea of what was originally there. Yes. And really captures the humor. Yeah. And the satire of the story. Oh my gosh. There is a wonderful kind of introductory section of this book for like uh, a, a huge chunk of the beginning. And I actually read it, read the book, and then went back and read it again because I kind of wanted to like sandwich it like that and kind of have it in my mind. And um, there's a great foreword in there as well. Yeah. But, um, and it really really paints some of the you know the history like we've talked about like you know of the the monkey king and its cultural significance in china um and different ways that people have interpreted it over the years um it is very satirical and it's been used like pro certain things and anti certain things like kind of whoever was like popular at the time used it to their whim um it talks a lot about obviously Buddhism is a huge part of the story, and the Buddha is a character. Um, but Buddhism, uh, Confucianism, Taoism, they're all talked about and also made fun of. And 
like in really smart ways to the point where all three of those groups at different time have banned this book. Uh, so that immediately makes you like, wait, what? But I think Buddhism comes out the most favorably. Certainly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when, when it's all done in the wash, but it's not without some criticism. Um, there's, a really great part that I'll talk about in the spoilers section having to do with satire as well. Um, but I don't want to ruin it. I, it's so funny. It's like, don't let me spoil a 500 plus year old <laughs> I know, book for right? You. But I, I feel like that there's a lot of readers out there. I, I'm sure that a lot of you have, are very familiar with the Monkey King and are saying, how could you not have known about this in the past? And, you know, I'm a little... I'm a little ashamed of it myself, but I also know that there's a lot of you out there who probably have not been exposed to this, or at least I'll say, don't know that you've been exposed to this because there yeah. are some very popular uh, series and movies and stories that have kind of taken inspiration from the story. And I was surprised yeah. to really recognize some of these scenes and even some of these characters from other properties uh, that I've, you know, share your favorite. Go ahead. Okay. I, <laughs> I don't want to say it's my favorite, but I cannot believe how much was aped from this story <laughs> uh, by Dragon Ball. It's not the same story. Uh, but the characters are very clearly based right. on these characters. It's not the Monkey yeah. King, but it's not not the Monkey King. Yeah. Son Goku, yeah. who which is a Japanese, like basically the same name in Japanese, has a monkey tail. He has a stick that changes sizes that he fights with, and he flies on a Nimbus cloud. On. One of his friends is a pig. Come on, it, it, it's it is it is very much and and. I've done some research since since then since reading this and realized that that yes it's it's not even hidden yes. inspiration right but I digress <laughs> um I heavily encourage you if you have not been exposed to the monkey king this is a great introduction and i think you'll find yourself falling down a rabbit hole where you'll be wanting to know more about the things that were not included in this book right. fun stories that i think that the translator julia uh probably rightfully did not include in this book to make it much shorter than the original text. Well, yeah, it'd be thousands of pages or something. I'm sure if she put in every colloquial story of the Monkey King. But but one other thing, and we don't have an official score for this experience, but this feels so episodic yeah. that it doesn't really fit into one of those categories for me because this is a kind of book that it would be really fun to just read an episode in the life yes. and come back to it later. You yeah. know, you can binge read it yeah. as, you know, one long story, or you can just like read it a chapter at a time. And here's, here's the latest tale of adventure and misadventure of the monkey king. <laughs> and his companions, uh, Chipitaka, Pigsy, Sandy. Stole my name, but it's fine. Um, no, they're all they're all great in their own way, and I I liked all the characters. Uh, Chipitaka, I did want to hit with something a lot of the times, but you're supposed to. Um, but Monkey <laughs> is 100 my favorite, and even though we've read fantasy epics and different fantasy classics and stuff, this really stands out for being so funny. It is 
it is Freaking very very funny, funny people i was lolling like crazy and like guffawing yeah real out loud laughs came from both Lulls. of us um a beautiful cover of this penguin classic edition too by the way uh the forward i had mentioned briefly is written by jane uh luen yang who is a comic a person from the comic book world and he does a really beautiful introduction where he talks about how his mother who is from china would tell him stories of the monkey king and these are these were like his bedtime stories and he talks about the influence of the monkey king and his powers and compares them to some of our more contemporary comic book heroes speaking of marvel universe and also dc and other properties and how the monkey king completely fits right in with that different pantheon of superheroes um it's a lot of like it's a lot of action there's a lot of fights there's a lot of battles there's a lot of magic um neil gaiman has also talked about this book and you know how it's was influential to him and if you take nothing else away from you know this re-release from from penguin classic is that people and i'm now count myself totally among them do not want the monkey king to die we don't want it to pass from popular culture and memory um it's a hugely significant story and character but it's also one that brings a lot of joy and deserves to be celebrated for so many reasons culturally all of that stuff but most importantly because it brings a lot a lot of joy and i you know i'd heard about the monkey king i'm a little little bit different background than scott i'd heard about the monkey king i was aware of it but i thought that he wasn't for me and i was and then when we had this opportunity we're like hey let's read this book and i was like the monkey king is for me he's not only for me i feel like he's like my soulmate i (laughs) feel like he's very very much for me so i already said it was an obsession i mean i think this is absolutely the the mass massest appeal like there's a reason when something's been around for like we said at least written down for 500 years and the stories are older than that you can't get more this is for everybody than that i fully agree this is 100 percent a mass appeal book it's a mass appeal translation i think it's it, it everyone if you if you are familiar with the monkey king already and have read other translations i encourage you to read this and 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 talk to us and let us know uh what you think about this translation if you have if you have not been introduced to the monkey king i would say this is a fantastic introduction all right so again it's kind of funny to talk about this book in terms of spoilers because it's ancient but um (laughs) we will just kind of i think leave you at about that and move into the spoiler section and get a little bit more involved and talk about some of our favorite and funniest parts um though of course you know this book sometimes goes to some little bit scary and dark places i think you could definitely if you have kids in your life you could read this to them um it's it's for all ages for sure yeah, there's there are some adult themes and there are some um this dated translation concepts, yeah, but this translation at least makes it pretty um wholesome. <laughs> I would say like enough for readers of all ages. I feel that way as well. Yeah. And like I said, the genre junkies are telling you, if you think, "Oh, this isn't for me," trust us, it is for you. Enjoying the show? 
please like and subscribe on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Genre Junkies. And don't forget to visit the website, genrejunkies.com. Welcome back to the spoiler section. Where we spoil books so old that our great-great-grandparents didn't read the original texts. Yeah, they're <laughs> like, they're so everybody's ancestors read this book, not their <laughs> great-grandparents. Um, so, okay, I just want to, before I lose the thread, I wanted to talk about one of my favorite satirical parts of the, bo- of the, of the movie, of the story. We, there are movies, there's TV shows that are like, directly picked up from the monkey king we haven't watched them yet but we're going we will to let you know when we do yeah um so that, okay so the satire of the land of women was a part i absolutely loved from the very beginning to the very end of that entire two chapter section Brilliant. yeah something like that um i loved the characters that we meet i love that chipitaka and pigsy fall pregnant <laughs> it's freaking hilarious. Um, it, I I love that, and it talks about this in the um, in the sort of you know the history, the beginning of the book that you know this was a time in China when this was written that was very um, male dominated, and so we have the tables being turned on these guys. Which I mean, it's you know the world is still unfortunately run by the patriarchy, and we need a little more matriarchy in there. Welcome to Women's History Month, too, by the way. Um, but they they fall pregnant. They're walking through this town where there's no um, men, and so they're being oogled and like you know they feel very exposed and on display. They're looked at as sexual objects. They're forced into a marriage they don't want to be in Tripitaka's case, and it's just it's so perfectly funny. I them become them uh, becoming pregnant by drinking from that stream was so unexpected and so hysterical. Yeah. I, oh, I, and they can't stand the pain. Oh, I know. Uh, for even five seconds, and I mean, Tripitaka complains and bitches about everything, but um, <laughs> it's kind of his character <laughs> that's trait, kind of his thing. But um, and you kind of expect some some you know whining from pigsy too but still um it's hilarious so obviously monkey is my favorite character is he yours or was somebody else your favorite character well monkey is my favorite character but pigsy made me laugh the most Pig- they have like this um frenemies thing going on and i love how they could be in the middle of one of the m- most like you know a terrifying situation uh, harrowing and they'll just start like sniping at each other and yes. start competing against each other and yeah. and 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 you know tripping each other up just because they can that's the kind of right. relationship that they have there there's so very few moments of this book where monkey feels like actually scared like yes. it, there's there's so many so many moments of this book where it's just like I know everything's going to turn out. I'm the best. Yeah. I'm, I am I am the greatest. So I'm going to have a little bit of fun on the way. And he's uh, he's basically becomes impervious to everything. Yes. I mean, even the journey itself, which is outlined in the book, um, Monkey could have accomplished this pilgrimage on his own. 100%. It would have been easy. He could have done it in literally moments. Yeah. But Monkey wouldn't have learned a lesson. So, <laughs> And all of our other characters wouldn't have learned a lesson. And the readers wouldn't have gotten the story. So it's kind of, you know, 
they kind of work it in there that, you know, monkey has to grow a little bit, just like we all do. Monkey and I both still have lessons to learn. Um, and I, I'm big enough to admit that. So I want to live in his kingdom of monkeys. It's absolutely adorable. It's precious. Um, for those who don't know, I'm, I'm obsessed with all animals, all living things, but monkeys have a special place in my heart. Um, any sort of monkey, ape, old world, new world, doesn't matter. Um, I'm absolutely in love with them. The only thing that like makes me have any sort of a biological clock is the idea of having a baby <laughs> monkey. Um, I don't like that all the monkeys became warriors and soldiers, though. I know. I liked I liked their happy life in the cave with all the they, fruits. They did need to be a little better prepared, though. Yes. Because, you know, like, if you just play all day, then you're not prepared for hardships. So that's, that's important. Um, <laughs> I'm just looking. I have so many, so many freaking notes about this book. Uh, just my first one. A monkey stands and falls by his word. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is actually a lot of kind of proverbs that that you know clearly they are proverbs because they've been around for a very very long time yeah. but that are changed a little in a very funny way like that most of my highlights I, I do have a lot of funny highlights but i think we're switching we're switching the tables on each other a little bit here because most of my highlights are like they're really dark and disturbing parts of this oh I, I have both i have funny things highlighted and i have poignant things highlighted oh no but mine are not mine are not funny or poignant mine are oh. terrifying oh okay uh for example uh lee bao was nailed to a wooden frame and cut to pieces in the marketplace after which his head was displayed on a pole right <laughs> it's got that um fairy tale folklore stuff that can be kind of dark and disturbing but it the thing is is like it's not there's no heaviness to it well yeah there's nothing in here that's really uh heavier than any of uh, any you know original fairy tales yeah i i, I accept that yeah it, <laughs> yeah i mean like bad thing like it's kind of funny to read it like oh chopped into pieces gotcha because most of them are are said so offhand like yes. there's there's that whole chapter about you know about double fratricide and, and yeah. all this stuff. And at the end, as for Wen Zhao, Wen Zhao quietly committed suicide after all. Yeah. End chapter. End chapter. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, we're just going to It's just a fact. throw that out there, It's huh? just a fact. Yeah. And I was like, okay, after all, <laughs> went through with that plan. Um, one poignant quote that I have highlighted here that, because I definitely want to share some funny ones, some dark ones and some poignant ones and kind of use those as our jumping off points, but is uh, what you describe is fiendishly hard. Nothing in this world is hard. It's only the mind that makes it so. Brilliant. I have that highlighted as well. Brilliant. Um, oh, I love, I love, I love when Monkey goes to heaven and, or I'm sorry, he goes to hell and he crosses his name and every other monkey out of the ledger. <laughs> Just erases them from the book of, of life and death. And it's it's a fun little way to explain why monkeys uh, live so long. They're not actually immortal, but they, you know, can live a long time. But it's also like, you know, sometimes Monkey, even before his transformation, does nice things. Yes. Yeah. He, Monkey, he is not a, um, he is not, he doesn't really have an evil bone in his body. He's just mischievous and selfish. But, uh, it, you know, 
at it's so the funny because when I feel like you're talking about monkey, I feel like you're just talking about me. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not selfish. I mean, I'm no more selfish than any other monkey. <laughs> but I love how towards the end, he really does become actually oh. a very caring. Well, he saves all those little yeah. boys. Just because he he should. Yeah. Um, there's some parts that give me Alice in Wonderland vibes, especially the the first kingdom under the sea where we visit General Fishbelly, and there's all these like little crab soldiers and <laughs> all these things, and it's like we are big fans of anthropomorphizing animals around here at Chandra Junkies, and um, this did not disappoint with the animals on, on parade. Uh, I mean the commander of spirits to maintain troop morale <laughs> of all the little creatures under the sea. I, precious. Precious. There's no other word but precious. Yeah, talking about all of the creatures in the ocean, there's a few there was a few times when that happened. It's just like imagining these these perch courtesans. Yeah. Which <laughs> is like, okay, sure. Stop. Stop. It's just it's too cute. Um there, there's things about this translation that uh you know, I don't know if it's a westernization or if it's if it's just that same kind of thing, but there's there are there are characters and there's points in this book when I I read it in almost like a like a posh British accent in a weird way. Like there's this whole thing where where character is, you know, he's about to be brought back to life. He's like mustache about to be reincarnated. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> it's just like that is there there's it's one of those things where I want to know more about what it's like kind of in a direct translation. Right. But I, I, again, I feel like there was care to be taken where that, that, that paragraph right. of that character talking does, I, I'm, sounds like it, it really is kind of a tongue in cheek and a little bit of a satirical, uh, uh, you know, joyous joke. Right. And whether it translates exactly like that or not, I, I love the way that, that kind of thing comes off. And and I, I get the intention there. I totally agree with you. Um, maybe this is something we should have said in the before section, but eh, f- it, we're all here now. Um, is that even though the translations are fun and, and westernized in ways so that we as English readers from, you know, Western countries can accept it. This is very much an Eastern tale. This is very much a tale from China. This is very much a tale of Buddhism. And as such, you don't get a lot of the, um, what, what do I want to call this? Uh, Abrahamic religion hangups and Abrahamic yes. religion things. Like when they talk about hell, that is different than the, you know, Abrahamic versions of hell, especially the Christian one. When they talk about um, abortion and the abortion water is abortion is as much as evangelicals would like you to think is a new sinful thing is very very old (laughs) and from different cultures different people had different views about it like we still do to this day and there's that word has become very loaded but i mean there's probably not a better word for unpregnanting something (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know what i mean like um it just kind of is so it's you know sometimes things and concepts um, or, you know, the ways they talk about, you know, being like, uh, you know, they're unworthy, they're undeserving servants, you know, all these different things are sometimes stuff that we maybe haven't come across as Western readers. And it's always good to walk in someone else's shoes. It's the whole point of books and see what this culture 
and what this author meant by things. Um, oh, one of my favorite quotes. If you don't help Tripitaka or learn to work hard and accept criticism, you'll always be more of a demon than an immortal. Mm. Oh, my monkey has to learn so many lessons. And it takes him a very long time to do it. It took, him, of years. Oh, it took him 500 years to, to learn, you know, restraint. Oh, he had to be under that, that thing. Oh, it's horrible. He's so funny when they get him out of there, too. Um, I, I just, I, I mean, I do like that monkey learns his lessons and he needs to settle down. I don't like to think of monkey being completely domesticized by the, the end of this. Um, as another quote I love monkey's heart, however, still plotted rebellion. Like I, I want monkey to forever be an adversarial character and rebellious character. And I think a lot of people from what I've gathered love that about monkey that he kind of bucks the status quo and messes with things um he's a, he's a little bit of a revolutionary guy oh and he's a great he's a great con artist he's a good grifter too one of my other favorite parts is when they had to do the exorcism of the son-in-law and so they're trying to you know get in there your luck has turned said monkey it just so happens we are doctors in demonology <laughs> <laughs> he has a great turn of phrase for a lot of things, like uh, the Bureau of Rice Reincarnation. Yes! <laughs> um, he just has, he's so quick on his feet and ways to think of things. And you can just kind of see him slipping into these different characters when he is in different situations to kind of con people. And, you know, he he sometimes has names for his little plans. Like, yes. I call this escaping the net through a sham marriage. <laughs> inventive name my friend because that is exactly what you're doing (laughs) (laughs) i love this turn of phrase right here but as the saying goes a large mountain must have a monster um i'm fine with that and i love oh my gosh so many great monsters and demons and creatures and deities and spirits it's absolutely beautifully rich cast and I'm, you know, I, I know no adaptations to film or TV will ever, ever fully capture just this beautiful, magical world. But I'm still going to watch them. Um, another just fun little part that reminded me of myself is when Monkey's talking about, you can torture me, you can chop me into pieces, split me up and gouge out my heart. Don't ask me to sit still. <laughs> That was that was such a great character moment for him. It felt like it felt like the whole book was setting up to that joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there, you know, there's another part where there there there's a scene in here, and and when the visitor flew off without a courteous leave taking, well, that finally confirmed to them their their supposition that he was no gentleman. <laughs> Right, the the audacity of it all. They they knew it was an imposter because he didn't say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> there are rules here. Um, I love love history, and I like I said, you know, not just through books, but learning about history through books is is one of my favorite ways to see how people were in the manners of the times and the traditions of the times, and you know, religious beliefs and spiritual countenances um and i think this is such a wonderful glimpse into the snapshots of china which has this absolutely amazing amazing history um 
that I've personally been interested in ever since I was a little kid and I watched Big Bird Goes to China. Yes. One of my favorite childhood films. Big Bird Goes to Japan. Great. China Five was- minutes. <laughs> China was first for me, though. So that's my one in my heart. Well, another thing that's really beautiful about this book is, you know, they go through through many different cultures and certainly china is celebrated especially towards the end but china is also denigrated but there's kind of an acceptance and and a a kind of a a bit of a like they're kind of just blase about these other people and other cultures and and frankly other races right because they're in china and they're gonna end up in india yeah so they go through nepal they go through tibet they go through these other parts of China. Yeah, and and there's no like there these other cultures are not sin- are not made sinister. In fact, they're making a pilgrimage to India to bring back to China and there's no right because that's there's where no, like, was from. war yeah. there. It's yeah. it's it was actually kind of nice. Yeah. Um it's so fun. So 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 fun. So many stories, absolutely action packed. So it is hard to give this a grade you know because it's an old old story it's a classic but um i think it goes without saying that for me this is i can give it a letter grade and i would give it an a plus i would give it an absolute absolute a plus highly highly endorse and celebrate the monkey king and i'm so happy that there's a new wonderful translation out there so myself and other people can fall in love with him I'm going to give this a rank S <laughs> just to beat you. No, I think it's rank S is above A+. Plus. Oh, oh, never heard of that. Yeah. It's wonderful and fun and inspiring, mm-hmm. both creatively as well as spiritually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's, I, I, I had a lot of fun. I'm really glad that I've been introduced to this story. It, it, Re, it colors and recolors a lot of my experiences uh, in ways that I was not ex- uh, anticipating. Well said. There you have it. The genre junkies, we're pro Monkey King. We hope that you are too. Um, yeah, let us know if you plan to read this, if you've read other versions, or maybe you're from a family that told stories about the Monkey King. We'd love to hear about it because as newly um, baptized monkey enthusiasts, I, I mean, I'm riding high on that somersault cloud, and I, I just want to hear all about it. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Sandra. Please keep reading The Monkey King Past Your Bedtime. <laughs>